kids these days they kids. grow up they grow up so fast sometimes i think they grow up too fast uh, whether that be encountering some things they shouldn't be encountering too soon or we kind of try to push them along to the next thing or we just i don't know sometimes i mm. think we just kind of go with the flow maybe possibly a little too much so how can we as christian parents let our kids be kids not enable them not coddle them but not just leave them out abandoned in the woods somewhere saying take care of it yourself grow up you can do it uh that's what we're here to talk about today so i'm excited about this conversation are you i'm excited yeah and it's not just about having little kids it's about i think kids at any stage in their development theoretically speaking um and we're going to speak to the the, we're going to use scripture of course we're going to look at scripture uh and hopefully it'll be applicable across the spectrum of parenting and love the listeners of the fierce parenting podcast so we'll see you on the other side this is fierce parenting where we believe that kids are a blessing family is god's idea and everything about parenting is discipleship so leave the blame shame could have and should have at the door and join us for gospel-centered conversations welcome to fierce parenting Seventh episode? This is episode number seven. That's wow. right. You believe it? Nope. No, I can't believe it either. This has been a blast. I've I've just enjoyed exploring this space in my own kind of thinking and reading. And you you're constantly reading, Selena, I feel like on <laughs> on especially on parenting stuff. And right you're reading a book about like birth order recently. Yeah, yeah an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, and uh, just you know the various stages and challenges that you face as your kids grow. We need help, people. Can't do yeah. it on our own. <laughs> well, we can't do it on our own, and, and you know we're here, here doing this podcast, and our hope is that even though we don't know everything, that we can be at least kind of a beacon of hope for you, pointing you to Scripture, pointing you to the hope we have in Christ, namely in the gospel, and then helping you draw those really tangible lines between. Uh, the gospel and the, the nuances and the, mm-hmm. the, the small spaces of parenting, right? And so this is part of our first um, month series, and it's kind of basics, back to basics, kind of the, the foundational truths of parenting as as a biblical God-ordained idea that we are specifically designed to be parents. He's, he is to be God, mm. and this episode is kind of closing that that thought process out and letting our kids be kids, Right. Um, and it's, I, I, I don't know, writing this um, rundown was really fun uh, with you. And I think it's going to be uh, fruitful. Um, first, I do want to do another shout out to all of those who have left uh, ratings and reviews. Thank you. Um, sincerely, as of the time of this recording, there are how many did you see in there? 65. Wow. 65. 65 Praise reviews and, and or ratings. So if that's you, thank you so much. You have our sincere um, podcast audio I-5. There it is. <laughs> We got transcription happening on, in live real time, so I wonder how they'll transcribe that sound effect. So, um, yeah, anyway, so thank you so much for joining uh, in the cause in that small way. If, if you haven't done that yet and this podcast is helping you, you can help us get the word out by leaving a rating and a review. That would mean a ton. If you want to go even a step further and the Lord is leading you to uh, invest into this effort. Now, this is uh, this is what the Frederick family does. <laughs> Like this yes. is the Frederick household Bread economy yes. is uh, creating gospel centered 
content so that you can have discipleship opportunities in the home. We're going to keep doing this as long as the Lord wills it, as long mm-hmm. as he allows it. We're going to keep doing it on the marriage side and the parenting side. You can get behind that mission, that vision, specifically on the parenting side by going to fierceparenting.com slash partner. And if you go there, you'll see there's some tiers to basically just say, we want to see this content um, grow. We want to see this platform grow. We want to see these truths continue to be put out there. Uh, And we're going to get into more and more kind of tricky spaces. And so um, it's really important that we're all on mission together and that we're going to kind of push back on some of the cultural lies that are being fed, um, namely in the space of parenting. And so anyway, um, if you feel called to do that, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. We thank you in advance for your prayerful consideration. Um, Okay, so Selena, as you were starting this episode, you mentioned that we can kind of fall into one of two extremes or one of this spectrum about like letting our kids be kids. Right, because I mean, people are all listening and when they hear that, oh, let the kids be kids. I mean, a thousand thoughts just race through your head, right? Well, if I do let them be kids, then they're going to turn out wild and unruly. And but if I, but also kids need these things. Like you, there's just a bazillion right. different voices, and the ways that there's kind of that spectrum, like you said. There's two extremes. We can either, you know, coddle the children and be like, "God, oh, don't ever get hurt. Let's just keep you happy and safe and well fed," or we expect too much of them and we just throw them out in the cold and say, "Grow up. You can do it." Without any sort of like interaction, yeah. instruction, or loving kindness, you know, and and so I think that there is a, a third way, right? There is that way right down the middle of that God has given us. I think instruction on how to love our children, how to mm. train and disciple yeah. them, and how to bring them up in the things of the Lord. Speaking of being brought up in the things of the <laughs> Lord, my voice just cracked <laughs> like a teenage boy. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we're going to get to that point. I do. I do. Want to, I want to start with this big premise. This premise that, um, and I believe it's biblical, is that uh, when we ask this question, "What does it mean to let them be kids?" Uh, Here is kind of the premise: there, there is something intrinsically good about childness, about being a child. Mm. There's something intrinsically good to that. It's not something that we 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 don't. Like it's a very limited scope in that it it is temporary and it's good and we are to embrace not not what's the word crush it yeah or not to rush it (laughs) don't crush it or rush it Mm -hmm. but you want them to be kids in the season that it's appropriate to be a child we see that with with Christ when he calls the kid unto himself it says and they were this is Mark ten I'm gonna read verses thirteen through sixteen. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the, t- and the disciples rebuked them. He rebuked the children or the people that were bringing the kids. Uh, but when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a child shall not enter it. Mm. And he took them in his arms and blessed them saying, uh, laying his hands on them, and that's actually I think that that those the, the, that event uh, I think happens in three out of the four gospels. There's different accounts of that same sort of event. It's, it's pretty important. And what and what struck me about that passage he says, "For to such belongs the kingdom of God," mm-hmm. and we are to have faith like a child. There's there is something intrinsic. I was just thinking about that when it says, let the children come to me. We always see the the beautiful pictures of like, you know, Jesus sitting there calmly and a happy baby on his lap. 
Because these kids are kids no matter what like time of humanity you're talking about or timeline of history, yeah. right? They're, they're squirrely. They're wild. They are exploring boundaries. They're testing things. They don't know things. They're trying to learn. Like, I doubt they were quiet and sitting there like angels looking up at Jesus. They were probably smiling and laughing and being loud, probably screaming as well. Well, there's a reason why the disciples were rebuking the people. Right. There's probably chaos. <laughs> like, there's no, the order like, sh- Quiet your kids down. Yeah. He's teaching right he's now. He's the savior of the world. Right. He's about, he's about serious business. You get these, <laughs> get these unruly children away from here. Right. And Jesus did what? Is he, he, uh, he was indignant. Yeah. He almost rebuked the adults. Yeah. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> oh, how turned. the turntables. Yeah. So he, he, he called, he said, let them come to me, um, as children. There's something intrinsically good about them being, uh, children and that we are to, to in, in certain ways be like children. There's a certain level of innocence. There's a certain level of trust. Um, trust. Yes. Yeah. The perspective. Taking somebody at their word. Yes. Like, think about, I think of our, our kids, you know, oh, yeah. our oldest is almost eight and she still really cares about what we say. Mm-hmm. Like she still trusts oh, like when, when I, when I am teaching her something, she is hanging on to, to every word. Right. right? And so there, there's something really intrinsic to that. So, um, but on the, on the other side is we have to keep, um, we have to be their parents and that we, we, we talked about that being their parents, letting God be God. Um, there, there is the, that component where we need to draw them on to the next step of their development. Right. And so uh, that's what you want to talk about is how do we strike that balance? Right. Um, so you mentioned the two extremes, we coddle or we expect too much. Um, and of course, um, that, that can, the, the coddling can create and it can enable them. It can allow them to stay, basically stay kids that prolonged adolescence that, that what do they call it? Like delayed adulthood where you have sure. people that are in their thirties still yeah. living at home. Um, and some of that's necessary, but most of it's, you know, just unhealthy, frankly. Um, or, or we can, we can expect far too much from them and that creates bitterness, resentment, anger, mm. tension. And we're saying disconnection. And yeah. that's the whole like, come on, grow up, grow out of this. And so Selena, you had, um, you had said this and I want you to explain this. Um, easy plus one. Is yeah. The, and, and, <laughs> and, and then I have a, another analogy I think might fill it out. But what do you mean by easy plus one? Easy plus one. So it's kind of the approach, uh, we take when we're starting school up again at home. Um, I think some people maybe do this consistently because your level of easy plus one always goes up, right? So this easy, say you're doing, we're starting math. We'll take, for example, okay, well, I know that we know addition pretty well with just single digits, right? So let's start with that easy one that I know you're confident in. And then let's, let's go up, just let's do like two or three problems that you're not super comfortable with, or just maybe one or two to just that plus one, that next sort of level of like, this is going right. to be a little challenging, but you've already done all this and you, you're you really good at all this. You have a lot of confidence in this area. So it's just that easy yeah. plus one, plus that one challenge. Um, yeah, it's kind of like... Step up. I don't know if that helps. Yeah. Well, I, here's an analogy if it, in case this makes it clearer. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a potted plant. Um, so if you if you buy this <laughs> potted plant and you if you put it in too big of a, a vessel... Right, the, the water. It, yeah, the water will move away too far from the roots. The plant won't be able to flourish. You put it in the right size of the pot, but just big enough so that it can grow. Now, if it keeps growing, those roots get constricted then, and they won't. They aren't able to grow out, and that the, the plant will be stunted at that point. Mm-hmm. And so you then you have to transplant it into a new bigger pot, so on and so forth, until eventually it ends up healthy enough to go into the ground, the earth, where it can actually be more or less an independent, healthy plant um now (laughs) the converse of that is you transplant it too quickly i have an example where my parents they have a cabin up in the mountains and i um as a as a gift one year i we bought them a blue spruce 
um, which is a beautiful, uh, you know, pine tree. And uh, this thing's awesome. It's a beautiful kind of bluish green. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And we planted it out in the meadow close to their place. <laughs> I think place they want to be able to see it, Because right? they want to be able to see it. And we, the thinking was is that elk won't like it because it's, you know, elk traditionally don't eat blue spruce trees. Anyway, this thing has never taken off. And it's it's <laughs> completely stunted because, A, it's planted out in the mountains exposed to the elements. And it was still a pretty young tree. But also the elk do happen to like um, spruce tips, apparently. <laughs> and they keep nibbling the top of this thing off as it grows. Uh. So the growth is perpetually stunted because it wasn't ready to be mm. put out into the wild, so to speak. So we have to kind of calibrate. And as parents, we need to keep that perspective, that eternal and lifelong perspective. And we do that by being able to discern what is correct for my child's level of development, their age, and their maturity level. Mm. No one else can discern that for us. That's right. the you be the parent part. Right. And and so we have to look at them with clear eyes. We have to look at them with clear, eternal perspective, knowing not where they are, but where they're headed. Mm. And we have to do that plus one piece where we're constantly drawing them onto the next stage, gently, lovingly, patiently. Right. And, we're, and we're teaching them and instructing them in that. Right. And then uh, consistently encouraging them in that. Uh, and and trusting that God will do the heart work that only God can do. Um, so we have some really practical things that Selena, I want you to get in, into, but because you wrote them down. But I, I'd like to read <laughs> Proverbs one, uh, three verses out of Proverbs one, real fast. You may. Okay, this comes from Proverbs one, and it's verses eight through ten. And there's two things we can glean from these types of proverbs. I think um, we can clearly we can read them as the one receiving the instruction. And, and we say, okay, this is what it means to walk in a father's wisdom because mm-hmm. a lot of the Proverbs are addressed from father to a child or to a son. And we can hear them as the child being instructed. And I think there's fruit in that, and that's obviously very good, and I think that's part of the, that's one of the main reasons for the Proverbs. Also, we can read them as a parent giving and how the parent might give mm-hmm. instruction to their child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's, the, here's that Proverb. Uh, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Um, and there's a lot more. We, could, we, we thought about reading more, but we chose not to. But the point I want to get out of that is as parents, we're looking at, okay, how is this father instructing their son? How is the father of wisdom, so to speak, Solomon, um, but also Jesus as the ultimate perfecter of Proverbs mm. and perfect executor of Proverbs, how is... That, that loving father instructing their son. Well, there is healthy instruction, right? And that's the, you be the parent part. But then there is a sense that you have to be the one not consenting. He says, my son, if sinners entice you, you do not consent. I can't make that decision for you. What I can do is lay out for you wisdom and, mm-hmm. and, and do it in a way that's winsome and patient and loving. But at some point I have to let you be the child. Let you make the decision. <laughs> let you fall down and scrape your knee. I have to let you make the terrible financial decision. I have to let you pick yourself up and mm. dust yourself off. And and you know what? I'm, I've given you wisdom. I've I've given you the tools to make the right choice. But now it's time for you to actually make that decision to not consent or to not forsake your mother's teaching and to not um, forsake or be be uh, um, deaf to your father's instruction. It's so good. And so. As we read that that proverb and as we read others, we can take that kind of, oh, it's like you're getting kind of a secondary sort of wisdom from it. Right. Does that make sense? Right. And again, it's all axiomatic. It's not a guarantee, but it's it's a it's a call. So, Yes. 
So as we kind of jump into some of the tangible parts of letting kids be kids, you know, we've walked through defining what that means, you know, letting them, letting that childness about them sort of be, Mm -hmm. right? Letting that curiosity grow, letting God be God, you be the parent as the roles that we've laid out in the other ones, uh, the other episodes, and then now letting them be kids. What does that mean? Uh, Tangibly speaking, we, we, brainstormed about a few of these ideas i think uh the four main ones that we walked away with which i'll just name and then we'll kind of break them down a little bit was the first one was grow them slow the second one was play the third one was stories and the fourth one was sing um now my first uh pushback for this and i want you to speak to and you will speak to it as we go through it is these aren't just for these are not kids. just for yeah toddler even elementary age kids i think that i think it pertains to the awkward like middle the teenage the young teens and the older teens um i was a teenager once yeah for sure i was as awkward as they come the coolest teenagers ever right (laughs) as every teen thinks but we all got to go through those all of our children are going to go through those awkward stages and we have to know what our role is as the parents um but these are just some ways i think that we can connect with them that we can continue to build our relationship with them and understand that we are yes we want to provide that instruction and we want to provide those opportunities to talk about uh not giving in like the proverbs said not consenting uh to the sin that is in Hmm. front of us uh one of the ways that we talk about um we say grow them slow uh the biggest thing for me that came to mind was just their interaction with technology and uh screens and social media and just the ideas that are uh so they're just running rampant and there's no mm. sort of uh policing or anything like that uh, i just think that it's so accessible and i think that it can it has the potential to expose our children to things that they shouldn't be ex- have any access to for a, a while uh, because they can't understand or navigate or know how to process or even have conversations about things that they see all the time. I mean, they just can't put words to it. So in what, you know, the ideal, the contrast to that of, of, you know, having them not as exposed to the technology is again, letting them know and teaching them that it's a tool, but also like let them interact with outside things, real materials, real things, let them go outside, be outside uh, no matter the the weather, right? I think we mm. say there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. So let them play outside with real, like, raw materials. Let them build and tear down and just breathe deeply, run and experience, you know, the creator's creation. And, and that's good for anybody, no matter how old or young they are. Like, I go for a run and I feel so refreshed. We're outside riding bikes together as a family. We're, we're just go, growing slow in the things of life. And um, mm. I think it's just so important to give kids time and space to explore, to not let them just feel rushed uh, to go on to the next thing. I just think of like yeah. taking kids through a museum is like one of the most wonderful but frustrating things because <laughs> you're reading. Ryan's a sign reader and I was not always a sign reader. I'm like, let's go look at the exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> and But it's through the signs and the reading that you can get the depth and the story behind the exhibit. I just, I'm just a visual like, yeah, let's go see it and check it out and He's like, yeah, but if you understand the history and the background and all this, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something to be said, right, for that that time and space of not feeling rushed to just interact mm. with uh, the world around them and let them have the time to just sit outside, to watch the clouds go by and wonder how everything works. Like, we're still figuring that out as adults. And I think having yeah. that time to just sit and be 
Uh, The idea is just slow. Slow growth, I think, is steady growth. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm reflecting because we, we are in a very unique time in history in that this is really the first time you've had to say that and... Yeah. In all of human history, <laughs> because of the last 10 years in the way that screens and smartphones and the internet and all that has progressed so rapidly over right. the last 10 years that it would have just been like... It's hobbling uh, kids. Like they're being exposed to things that they have... And we're not just being... Um, they're not equipped to deal with. And there's data to show this. I mean, there was actually in the Wall Street Journal an article that just came out um, a week ago. Oh, yeah, I it was saw that, literally yeah. a week ago. It says, Facebook knows Instagram is toxic for teen girls. Um, it actually has, there's internal documents that show like they know it, they have the data. They, they know that this is not healthy. Now that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you could take that there's data behind video games. There's data behind TikTok. There's data behind just internet use in general, screen time in general. And so what I hear you saying is that grow them slow is this kind of this now technology is a tool and our good friends, Nathan and Anna Sutherland, they have a whole ministry. It's called Gospel Tech. It's devo- they're, gonna, they're part of the Fierce Families kind of team, officially. Um, and we're going to be rolling out more and more of that kind of content coming up here. But they have um, a whole ministry devoted to this idea that technology is a tool. And that he, t- he makes a contrast between drool tech and tool tech, things that help you create versus things that you consume. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just sitting there just kind of consuming, right. whether it's entertainment, video games, whatever... That's one thing, but there's another side of technology that's really valuable where it's a tool and it's, it can help right. you, uh, you know, create something that's valuable. And so anyway, I think what you're saying, grow them slow is like, be aware as a parent, like, yeah, you want to let, like, let them be a kid. And sometimes letting them be a kid means pulling them out of the fast the base desires that they yeah, have. Yeah. Cause our, that's our, what it goes down to. Yeah. Like if left to my own devices, like I'm just going to veg out in front of a TV, eat really unhealthy food and just like meld with the couch and we just need to show them that there is more to life even when you're tired like you can sit and read a book you can sit and close your eyes you can just lay on the couch and relax and you don't need stimulus you don't need constant stimulus absolutely okay Um, so so that's a bit of a hobby horse and we'll talk (laughs) about it more um, without being hopefully too soapboxy about it we just really want to raise awareness around it now that now given that conversation Absolutely, our kids watch cartoons sometimes. <laughs> and our two-year-old, when she gets really um, frustrating, like sometimes we'll let her watch uh, Little Baby Bum, which is a thing on Amazon. And that's just like <laughs> silly songs and colorful. It's not super fast moving. So um, that's kind of why we've landed on it's that like specific nursery one. Rhymes nursery stuff, rhymes. Nursery yeah. rhymes type stuff. And so, and I know Selena's kind of like maybe cringing a little bit as I share that stuff because there's so much judgment. <laughs> there's so much judgment in this space. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're all trying to figure this out, Okay. We're all trying to figure this out. We just want to be faithful. And we also like, sometimes you're going crazy and you, and you need a little bit of grace. Okay, we get that. And so um, take that with a grain of salt. But we'll, we'll continue to kind of unpack that conversation uh, in upcoming episodes. So grow them slow. <laughs> grow them slow. That covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, the next one is uh, play. So playing provides a way and we know this to connect kind of with our kids and it's Mm. not always fun for us as adults to play with our kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I have seen it so many places that they're like, if your kid's really whining, just have a 10 minute rule. You're going to sit with them for 10 minutes and you're going to play. And it's so true. A little bit of time, like just time and attention goes a long, long way as their buckets get filled. 
And again, playing, quote unquote, looks different depending on the age level, right? The age level of your child. Playing with an infant is very different than playing with a toddler. Mm-hmm. You know, an eight-year-old playing with them is different than playing with a teenager. And it's like, then it begs the question of like, well, how do you play with a teenager? Like they're probably, I mean, you can play sports, right? Maybe you have activities that you like to do, like golfing or basketball or baseball or something. Um, I think for, for us, you had some pretty good memories with your, your mom or your parents, right? When you would mm-hmm. go on... Uh, adventures and camping retreats and there was always kind of this those moments where you're like cliff jumping or doing something that kind of scares you or takes you out of your norm um yeah that kind of grew you you came away from that that experience uh a different person a little maybe holding your head a little bit higher you know chest out a little bit more maybe (laughs) yeah yeah because they're again that that challenging plus or that easy plus one piece right? right um but you were playing and it wasn't the- well there's a common thread and the common thread is not it, the activities change the mode changes but yeah. the motivation is the same and the motivation is that you want to connect with your child mm-hmm. in a way that is on their level mm-hmm. and my mom was so gracious in that she would like listen to my music and <laughs> probably roll her eyes but she like took it on as her own I, I was in like the grunge like the 90s grunge you know <laughs> scene and so and in, in the Seattle area so like all about like Pearl Jam Nirvana like <laughs> Uh, that whole canon of music. And she was like, she'll, she'll be the one to then like name those bands on the radio. And I thought it was so cool. Like my mom <laughs> knew like who Smashing Pumpkins were, <laughs> um, which I'm dating myself. But the point being is like, it's it's all about that that motivation to connect and kids can pick up on that. And they know when mm. you're just going through the motions versus when you're actually interested in, in who they are, not yeah. just what you're doing. They're not just there as a nuisance, but they're there as kind of an end in themselves. Right. And the attention is going and meeting them where they're at, not necessarily bringing them where you're at. So like if you like golf, but he likes soccer, go play soccer Yeah, (laughs) kind of thing. I want to to interject a quick caveat here and it's not, and I I just said something and this is what I want to clarify. I said they're an end in in themselves. They are when it comes to getting to know them. But the reason we care about our kids is because we want to lead them to Christ. We want to Mm -hmm. disciple them in the things of God. We want to teach them the way. So it's really hard to do that. And I would argue it's impossible to do that if they don't think you care about them. Yeah. If everything you say is disingenuous, it's going to be hard for them to trust you. And so being being genuine with our children comes from a heart of, I value you because there's something intrinsically valuable about you as mm-hmm. somebody made in God's image as a gift from God, a blessing. We've talked about that at length, previous episode. Uh, but also there's something in- inherently good about you being a child, being in this phase that you're in in, in life. Mm-hmm. And that you don't need to just grow out of it, but you need to grow into it in in the sense that I'm here to be your guide and your friend. And also, yes, your parent. I'm going to guide you with with uh, loving instruction and, and I'm not going to just let you do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And that's what we don't mean by being a kid. Like you need to be instructed and molded and, and disciplined in a sense, but it's because I love you. Right. And so that's kind of the big caveat. We're really short on time. Do we have time for these last two stories and... Stories and sing. We'll go real quick. I do think that stories are really important and they're a good way to connect. And what I mean by stories is, yes, reading, listening to any audiobooks, um, obviously going through the Bible, but good stories, they can teach us something. They comfort us. They can lead us. There's so many opportunities for us to learn, for the kids to learn, right, how to be brave in, in scary it's like situations they can help reveal a truth to to them in words that like they might not be able to um understand and communicate but they can they can like it mm-hmm. rings true with them when they see and someone else in a story going through it so they can watch it and they can understand and explore yeah. uh, and not necessarily like 
participate. So they're powerful tools, I think, that we can underestimate. So I love that. that. And I love the next we one. We still read stories. Well, yeah, I have. I love this one. Quickly, uh, family stories from the past. So listening to your grandparents, uh, your great-grandparents. When I was young, I used to go to my great-grandparents' farm in the summer and I'd harvest potatoes and we'd just spend a couple weeks with our great grandma on the farm, me and my cousin. And every night my cousin wanted her feet rubbed. So I was like, Oh, that's nice. I just want to lay on the cot. And I was, we were just like, grandma, tell us stories. Grandma's tell us stories. Like she was one, her parents and them moved from, you know, Wyoming and Kansas and all of that. So they just got stories, stories after yeah. stories. And they're just like, no nonsense like kind of people. Legit, like Oregon trail. Yeah. Stories. Like no nonsense. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, I want to be like that. I want to be brave and strong and clear and not complain about things. And you know, it just, it's, it's just a, a, a familial bond, right? That you can mm. preserve your own history and know kind of where you came from. And then you can take it with you into the future and telling your children about that. And you so place them in that story in that absolutely. moment because they're now a part of it. Yeah. And that then helps them to do what we're talking about. That's just being the kid. They're, they're being a part. They're, they're your descendant. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're filling in that role as your descendant. We cannot underestimate the power yeah. of stories, um, yeah. us telling them and the kids, kids telling us like that is a way of educating them as well as having them communicate back and tell them the story of God's goodness in your life and not Absolutely. just maybe, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you're meaningfully exclusive. No, no, no. That's this, what I'm. Yeah. 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 But like, here is the story of what God has done. Yeah. And th- I mean, that's, that's all the way back to Deuteronomy six and like, tell your kids everything that God has done so that they don't forget it. So they can in your tell life their kids and biblical stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, sorry. I was thinking of storytelling Both. and expression. Both. Expression brings out kind of that personal yeah. aspect of it, of how God has worked in my own life and having them tell you those things and, and creating that relationship of uh, how you communicate and connecting through stories. Love it. Um, and then sing. Uh, we always sing. We're even, even singing as an adult is so magical. Even singing as a kid is magical. Kids learn so much through singing and through music, mm, yeah. especially in their early years of life. They're just little parrots, right? They're singing. They may be singing blah, 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 weird songs, but like they don't know that they're learning these these words. They don't always know what they mean, but they're learning them. And again, there's this discipleship of worship, kind of this aspect of I do, we do, you do. So, so singing together as a family, you yeah. singing. Um, also, a friend of mine was listening to the Getty like Sing Conference. I don't know if you've heard of the Gettys. Uh, they write a bunch of music. Anyways, go look them up on Spotify uh, for kids and families. But um, one of the things she said that they used, they use singing and music actually in sometimes in how they discipline. And you're like, what are they doing? Like singing and like, yeah. <laughs> but no, she said that when two of her kids were fighting about something, she sang to her four-year-old like, Jesus loves me. And then she had him sing it back. And they talked about it. Like, does Jesus love you? even when you're being selfish to your sister or does Jesus love you when you're somebody's being selfish to you? Yes. Hmm. How do you know? Well, because the Bible tells me so. Right. And so she said it was such a sweet moment of connection that sometimes strong arming like the discipline uh, doesn't always work quite as well as maybe singing and music and that power that is there to uh, work hmm. through those struggles. Now try that with your 17 year old. You know, it might work no, depending kidding, on the relationship and what you've invested. No, I'm kidding. No pressure yeah, there, right? Yeah. If you can't sing Jesus Loves Me with your kid at 17, then you missed it. No, I'm kidding. Um, and it doesn't pull him out of any funk at any time. Um, obviously, I'm kidding. I want to be really clear because there's so much like condemnation in, in the parenting space. You don't need any more of that if you're his parent. Um, I will say this. Yeah, music does have a connection to the heart and to the soul. And I mentioned my mom being willing to listen to stuff that I listen to, take interest in stuff I was interested in. 
uh, music is also really unique in how it is formative. And so I just want to encourage parents to be mm-hmm. hyper vigilant in this area. There's a lot of garbage out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just free, it's free flying and it's floating around and it's like in, and given all the social media and the prevalence of like reels and TikTok, and the fact that all these music, like so much of the kids experience, especially a teenage experience these days, this could change tomorrow because it's changing so fast, but, um, is, is wrapped up into this music. So, uh, I don't think it's that be fast. aware we've been saying we've been influenced by music when we were teenagers but no but the had... way TikTok is and oh how, sure yeah. yeah yeah sorry so anyway the point is is their music is really important it's a tool but also it's just a side encouragement just to be hyper vigilant uh, about what kind of music your kids are listening to um, you know in this, in this I'm kind of a proponent of like let them identify what's wrong with it mm-hmm. lead them in that don't just leave them on their own, but yeah, say, ask like, them what, questions. like what this, what this person is saying in this song, do you think that's good or healthy that they're talking about a guy or a girl in that way? Or do you think it's healthy that they're talking about themselves like that? Or what do you think? Why do you think they're saying these things? Start asking those questions. Um, I think you'd be amazed at the conversations that arise. Mm. Um, we are, uh, we're over time. So let me, um, let me pray for us. Is that okay? That was an abrupt ending. I'm sorry, but it's all right. Lord, I thank you for, uh, the parents listening to this. I thank you for the fact that they're seeking, wisdom i pray that what we've shared today um would be wisdom from you mm-hmm. not from us god i think if your word that is so instructive even in these this space of our lives this space of our parenting i pray that you'd help us see our children help us see the intrinsic value in their childness mm-hmm. in their childlikeness and that their value because they've been made in your likeness lord i pray that you'd help us discern how to wisely love them and lead them how to let them be kids how to be um right there for them in the developmental stages so that they might grow into a rich and robust and um, genuine relationship with you. Um, You are the ultimate prize, Lord, and may we show that to our children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. So until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Parenting Podcast. For more resources, visit fierceparenting.com. And for daily encouragement, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to support this ministry, please leave a rating or a review in your podcast app or visit patreon.com slash fierceparenting to become a monthly partner. We hope this episode has blessed you immensely. Take care.